Hello and welcome to the Jackcast, your Swansea City podcast. I'm Matt Brock and I'm joined as ever by Steve Carroll. Evening, Steve. Evening. Well, Russell Martins may have ended up getting to fisticuffs on the sidelines, but let's hope this podcast doesn't end up in the same way. Uh, for some reason, though, Steve, I think we're on the same page with everything that's going on. So let's chat about it. Um, we've got two games to analyse this week. First of all, Rotherham's visit to South Wales uh, last Monday night. Um, it was the last in a batch of games, Steve, where we thought the Swans could really target wins, and uh, it was another one really where we failed to do so. Yeah, um, it was, wasn't it? Um, it's quite a, I think it was, like you say, I mean, the third in you know games where we're looking at targeting wins, but I mean, it just felt quite flat, didn't it? I mean, Monday nights quite often do we think because people quite often are just not fussed on. I mean, I mean I've always said football's really for a Saturday, isn't it? Certainly not for a Monday, and. Um, you know, it just felt like the crowd was quite low, even though you know the the gate was high because they're counting tickets sold as opposed to actual people who turned up. And you know, even the queue for Rossies when it was fanzine selling was really small. So I think it just sort of sums up where we're at at the moment, where the crowd are not that that fussed in it. And um, you know, it was it was largely uninspiring again, wasn't it? We scored a nice goal, haven't we? With um, you know this work from the back and Perot with you know a finish reminiscent of the form he was in last season, really. Um, with a nice clean strike, but um, we've given a terrible goal away again, and we and the second half was just very uninspiring, wasn't it? It was. Um, I think the manner of the goal conceded um, epitomises really where we're at at the moment defensively. Uh, we're not helping each other. We're actually hindering each other. There's enough players back to deal with Ogbeni back there, Steve. Um, Manning in particular. Has uh, has him literally he's touching the block and then he decides to throw himself away with his arms in the air and watch uh, the guy fall to the floor and trap the ball under his body and scoop it in the back of the net. It's a mess. It's a horrible mess and no one looks good in a Swansea shirt in that move. Um, it's embarrassing and you do wonder what sort of defensive work we do. Uh, what work on shape, off the ball, anything like that. Because time and again, we see goals conceded where you're just thinking, what are we doing? It's a complete calamity back there. It's embarrassing, isn't it, really? I mean, we're, I'm sick of saying it, how bad it is defensively. And you know, how is a man who's ended up on his backside still managed to scoop the ball in? I mean, look, come on, it's, it's just not good enough, is it? I mean, how, how many times are we going to score goals that are, you know, I'd say pub team level, or should I say concede goals at a pub team level? Because it just seems to happen far too often, doesn't it? I mean, you know, it's not a surprise that we've conceded one of, the, you know, we're in the top three, I think, for most conceded goals in the division. And it's, it's exactly what we deserve because we are genuinely pathetic at uh, de- defending. So, you know, and it's holding us back. That's why we're not winning many games, isn't it? Because we just keep shooting ourselves in the foot. And it was just another one to add to what is a very long list, isn't it? I mean, Look, we in the end, it felt like a point game, didn't it? I mean, we we shouldn't be thinking like that against a team like Rotherham who are really scrapping for their lives. But it feels like that's where we're at, really, at the moment, doesn't it? I mean, we're we're struggling to pick up any points, aren't we? And you know, as you say, I mean, it did feel like that was a, a reasonable run of fixtures, and we've you know we've picked up four points from it. Which, let's be honest, it probably could have been worse. But you know, every, everyone's just uninspired, aren't they? It's you know, we we look like a team very low on confidence. But we're not as bad as what we're showing, I don't think, are we? 
No, I don't think we are. And I think it just needs, it's easy for me to say, but it needs so much concentration on that defence, on the ball and off the ball. And it is just, let's stop giving them, how many times have we said this season, season Steve, and, and Rotherham is a prime example of this, for us to score, we need to do it. We need to score a lovely goal. We do score lovely goals. When we score, you know, it has to be a team goal. A lot of players are involved. We have to move players around left to right and, and open space and, and create chances and, and Perot arrows it into the bottom corner. It looks aesthetically pleasing. But you you put all your hard work into the into the creation of that goal and how many times in the past 18 months have we pissed it up the wall by giving the ball away at the back line or not marking from a corner it's the most simple things he could score you know the best goals it's just ridiculous that every time we get undone by a calamity and Rotherham was no different I think spending time on and off the ball on the fence would pay dividends for us and I I don't believe that it's simple enough in the fan base, Steve. I don't know what you think to say Russell Martin is absolved from criticism because the owners didn't back him. Look, two things can be true here. Two things can be true. You can have Russell Martin not being backed. That's true. We know that. The owners are pretty much, well, they have admitted that um, in their trust statement, their advised trust statement last month. But that came out. And you can't tell me that this team have been doing the best with what they've got at the moment because there's no need for Cabango to be making mistakes he makes week in, week out, or Manning to just stand there and watch his man. He's going to leave on a free transfer in the summer. Is he going to be making those mistakes next season? You'd hope not for whoever he's playing for. So if he's not then, so why is he doing them now? Is that because we're not working on these defensive issues in training? Because that's the only solution I can come to, Steve. Are we not working on it? Because we cannot keep making these mistakes every week. Well, the, the big concern for me especially has to be that defensively it's getting worse. And mm-hmm. if the manager's been here 18 months and it's getting worse, I don't see how he can't be blamed. Um, you know, he keeps chopping and changing between formations and... You know, certain back lines, the only constant really has been Cabango, who can't get dropped, but, you know, isn't playing well either. Um, like, I suppose Manning, again, is, you know, he, he seems to play every game, doesn't he? But, I mean, you look at the rest of it. I mean, Latibode, yeah, tends to play, but, you know, he has played at, at centre-back a little bit more recently, but in general has played as a right-wing back, but Soren Ola's come in. And then we've seen Darling and um, whatever he's called, um, would that those two have alternated quite a lot, haven't they? But and then even doing games, I think in that Rotherham game, I mean, there was just substitutions, wasn't there? That you know, meant to a change in shape and people changing positions. I mean, that can't be doing any good either. We, for me, we we need to probably stick with what we consider to be our first choice backline and see if we can build a bit of confidence and a bit of understanding. Because I just, you know, how else can we try and fix it really? Um, you know, I'm sure we'll get on to talk about the goalkeeper shortly. But um yeah, it's 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 not good enough, is it? You can't I do blame the board for, for certain things, but the goals we give away, they're just pathetic. I think anybody associated with a lot of them should be embarrassed because it isn't good enough, is it? Um, you know, it's something you can improve on and coach, I think, a lot of the you know, the, the more basic mistakes that we're making and um 
it's going to improve, isn't it? Because if it doesn't, we're just going to carry on losing games and we're going to end up dropping down that table. Now, I don't think we're going to go down because the sides at the bottom are, are awful, putting it mildly. And, you know, we have got a, a fair gap there. But, I mean, you look at next season, it's very concerning, I think. So it has to improve and it has to improve immediately because it's just ridiculous and there's no excuse for it, is there? It's just how can a team concede so many bad goals? I mean, you're thinking the same thing as me, I know. Yeah, it, it's infuriating. I, I I see so much uh, of us. Um, I think the point where I'm at now, Steve, is I don't get in. It's a horrible thing to say and admit to, um, but I don't get enthused because I'm at the point now where I expect us to let the Swans fans down. And that's a horrible thing to think, but you end up watching a game thinking we're not going to be able to see this out. We're going to concede. I remember we were in the, um, we were chatting during the Birmingham game. Of course, the last 15 minutes of the Birmingham game were absolute clusterfuck from the substitution calamity, Latty going off injured. And I remember turning to you on like 88 minutes or whatever it was and saying, they're going to score an injury time. They'll, they'll have six or seven minutes to do so and they'll score. They didn't think they scored twice, but, um, yeah, you can just see now that Swans can't handle pressure. Um, it's all well and good saying that we've got um, we're comfortable on the ball during the game and we dominate the, the 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 majority of the game. But that's fine because the opposition will allow us to do that. The moment the opposition need a goal and they crank up a little bit of the heat, we crumble. And I think that's the issue. Whenever a team comes at us needing a goal, we 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 just buckle and. As you say, looking at it objectively, I think Rotherham was a point gained because um, there was only one team going to win that uh, in the last 20 minutes and it wasn't the team in white. Yeah, it did feel like that, didn't it? And, um, you know, you shouldn't be thinking in the circumstances that it's it's a point gained against a team like that. But given the way that the game went, I think we have to look at it like that. So, you know, it probably speaks volumes for where we're at and, our general lack of faith in in the team at the moment. So um, yeah, uh, a point gained towards you know mathematical safety is how you look at it, but very uninspiring. And um, you know, um, I suppose it didn't really get better in terms of results of the weekend either, did it? No, it didn't. Um, well, I think Rotherham was probably the last. Remember saying to you the next three games, um, Luton. Middlesbrough, Millwall, they're all in the top six. And they're just teams that are going to, they have so much to play for, but also by their league position, they've got that little bit extra quality, which the teams we've been playing against recently simply do not have. Excuse me. (coughs) I was worried coming into this um, set of fixtures. And I mean, Luton in truth, didn't really impress me. They were in a position for doing what they do. They're a very disciplined, solid unit. Um, and we maybe showed a little bit more of our um, good side in the second half against Luton, but nowhere near enough. And really speaking, did we really look like we were going to equalise I think is the question isn't it and and once again we talk about conceding ridiculous goals yeah we are um, I think me and you have said enough times on this podcast that 
we really do not rate Andy Fisher and you know the man isn't good enough. You're looking at him every game and just thinking there's no hope of a clean sheet. So we've you know what what can we do? I mean we've signed this goalkeeper Sondergaard and I'm I'm thinking to myself, well arguably what's the point of that if you can't play him? Maybe now he has to come in because Fisher for me is a poor goalkeeper anyway. But he's now a poor goalkeeper with no confidence. So what can you you know, every time he plays, he's, he's killing us. He's, he's nowhere near good enough. And you can't stick up for Martin on that one because of the injury, because this is a guy he signed for 400 grand. Not good enough. Like, it's fairly obvious that this guy is nowhere near the level that we need. I mean, you know, but what more is there to say? It's the same every time. He's He costs us a goal constantly. He is a shambles. I mean, there was a mistake in the second half as well, wasn't there? Uh, where, he, you know, he didn't grasp the ball. And you're just thinking, this should be bread and butter for a goalkeeper. I know one or two listening will probably think, oh, you know, Sorinola's, you know, deflection on the cross for the goal didn't help forever. But he's got to claim it. He has to. And the thing is with Fisher, it seems to be something different all the time. Like, he can't catch a cross and he can't save a shot. So if you're a goalkeeper and you can't do those things, you know, what can you do? Well, you see it to the team. So they've, they've got to do something about that. I mean, you know, I'm looking and thinking, well, you know, is there a possibility of a free transfer coming in? Like Kieran Westwood, I think, is a goalkeeper who doesn't have a club, for example. He can't be worse than Fisher. So maybe we need to do something here because, you know, we're not going to pick up many more points this season, are we, if he stays in goals? I mean, it's he's a shambles, isn't he? Like, really speaking, if we even give Fisher's fans, if there are Fisher fans out there, um, something to hang on to and say he's not as bad as he's currently playing... Maybe he isn't, but at the moment, he cannot get himself out of this rut. And playing him is exacerbating the problem. There was one in the first half where a corner came in inside the six-yard box. Fisher came out and managed to make himself smaller, despite being the only person in the area who could use his hands. And they had a free header, and it should have been in. I mean, it was six yards out. Uh, It was sent to the goal as well. Second half. Uh, the goal, of course, was an absolute fuck-up. And then second half, the one where a shot came in, routine, spills it, should have been 2-0. Did actually make a half-decent recovery to stop it from being 2-0, but it's an issue that should never have existed. So it's three big mistakes in there. Um, he, he seems to be so low on confidence that you're just hanging him out to dry there. You know, you're feeding him to the wolves because he's playing there and he's shitting bricks. He cannot come for a cross. He cannot save a shot. Note in point, the third goal Stokes scored. You know, it's it's straight at him. You know, it's 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 not even uh, a great strike. It's just everything that seems to be going towards our goal. Um, he fumbles, he panics. Um, so even for, if, if we take out the his or how we judge him ability-wise and just look at what's best for him, I really don't think at this point him playing is working. So, yes, anything would might be better at this point than Fisher, even if it just means he gets a few weeks out of the limelight like he would have had if, if Bendo was available. I'm sure he would never have come back into the team. But um, when when it had that clangor away at Stoker in the season, Steve, he got taken out of the team and Bender came in and kept his place. So I think from that point of view... Martin needs a similar situation. Now, if he doesn't think, if Sondergaard hasn't come in here to do that, then first of all, why have you brought him in here? And and second of all, we need to do, find someone who does, want, who is going to be able to do that because otherwise we're just, we're basically saying we can play the prettiest football at one end of the pitch and we do we are creating a decent amount of chances, but there's no point. There's no point. 
if you're going to concede the stupidest goals at the other end. And um, I don't even get upset about it anymore. And it's sad because I just think now the season's obviously done. Um, and you know what's damning the most, Steve? I, I don't see too many Swans players in that team that I would be, and this is really controversial and people might shout at me for this, that I would be devastated to see the back of. Is that bad? I really don't have that many players on my list now who I'd be gutted to see go in the summer. I think a clear out and a rebuild is needed. I just don't think we're going to finance it. Yeah, it does feel a little bit like that, really, doesn't it? I mean, I mean Joe Perot is probably a good example. I mean, he does have 13 goals, but I just feel like he's been going through the motions all season. I know like, I'm not the only person who feels like that. So, you know, don't get me wrong. I do get the feeling that we will miss him. But if he was to go in the summer, which he probably will do, you know, and obviously if we don't replace those goals, then we're going to have a big issue next season. But yeah, I think it feels a little bit like we don't really have like many heroes anymore. Like I look at when we first came down and we had, you know, McBurney, I would say was a proper like crowd favourite and, you know, some of the off field stuff like with him where, you know, he just, he just felt like he was one of us really. I mean, obviously some of the, the guys that have come through the system, the likes of Connor Roberts, you know, don't massively have that now. I mean, obviously, I would say Joe Allen is a fan's favourite, but obviously, yeah, his fitness issues have been poor, haven't they? And that's been, yeah. you know, quite frustrating. But yeah, it, it does just feel a bit like, you know, I almost feel like everybody's got a price. Whereas, like, I think in the past, you always think, well, I hope someone doesn't pay the price. Whereas now I think I'm a little bit like, well, if people pay the price for our players, then, you know, that means a rebuild, then you sort of just, just go with it, really. I mean, but, you know, Players have made so many mistakes that it's tough. I mean, I suppose Ollie Cooper is one that where he's he's one of the few the few on my list. Yeah, you wouldn't want him to go, would you? Um, no. Certainly not at this stage. I mean, he, he he probably will go. Like I can't see him spending all his career here. But um, yeah, it's I I do know what you mean. It's it does feel a little bit just flat in general, doesn't it? I mean, you know, I when the season ends, I don't think anyone's going to be too sorry about to see the back of it because. It does just feel like a, a slog at the moment. And, um, you know, um, there's tough games to come as well, isn't it? I think that's that's the way you look at it. I mean, whereas we've got Middlesbrough the weekend. I mean, they're going so well, aren't they? And then we've got Millwall. We're also towards the top. And before the international break, then we've got Bristol City, who've also been on very good form. So, you know, mm. it just it just feels difficult at the moment, doesn't it? And, you know, you just don't see a great deal of, of points coming in the next few games. No, and we spoke a few weeks ago, didn't we, and about us not potentially winning the game between now and the end of the season. And, and he said, well, there's so many games left. You'd assume so, that we would. But then if I asked you to identify the games in which we would win, it's much harder task. I mean, we do have um, Wigan and Huddersfield coming up uh, in, what's it, next month? Um, yeah. it's uh, Those look like two very winnable games. And as, as far as their... Um, ongoing form is concerned. They they look both look like they're not even, <laughs> you know, trying to to mount a, you know, a credible end of season charge. So, um, you know, you you look at it and you just think, oh, these teams are a bit hopeless in themselves. But you just don't want to. You don't want to be one of those, do you? You don't want to be one of those teams that just goes through the motions and stuff. Um, as you say, the end of season. I mean. <sighs> I don't think anyone's going to miss this season at all. <laughs> Russell Martin included, to be honest with you. Um, but where do you stand on this divide? I mean, there's 
there's obviously a Swans fans at the moment, and they're becoming more vocal. Uh, a growing band of people who are airing their frustrations during the game, or at least at the game, whether it be at full time or whatever. Um, and there's the other half that say, you know, you have to back the team. The only way they're going to get out of this rut is if the fans give them unwavering, loud mental support, uh, despite everything they're seeing and repeating to see every week. I mean, it's it's hard to, to take which side seriously, because I do get that that kind of unbelievable backing would uh, spur a team on. But at the same time, don't the fans need to get something back? It's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, I don't think Bruin doing a game is ever going to help realistically. No, not doing a game for sure. But, you know, it's... Look, I I think that that really does need to be reserved for if you've got a situation where people are actively not trying. Then I think in that case, you can't really argue if you're taking dogs abuse off the crowd because that is nowhere near good enough. That's, you know, the bare minimum, non-negotiable. I don't think... Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm not not one to boo, uh, absolutely definitely not one to boo during the game, but I understood it to be the boos were directed at Russell Martin. Now, that could be way off, but um, and obviously all we talked about Russell Martin not addressing the ongoing issues, etc., etc., all we've spoken about over many podcasts, if they are not addressed at the pitch and the players, but at the dugout, does that change your outlook on full-time booing, for example? Um, well, it's, it's hard to know if that is exactly the case. And I, I think it, you're probably right. Because I think it, it's quite often is when we're, you know, players are making, you know, you know, something, what you could consider to be passes that are a bit dodgy or we're giving the ball away in cheap areas. And I, I feel now it is a bit of a snub towards the manager's tactics, really, because people just feel like it, it's not working. And, to a point, uh, it's hard to argue with that because it does feel like this isn't, you know, the Swansea way that we've we've seen previously, the successful one. This is one where we're taking too many risks in the wrong areas, and then in the right areas, we're not taking many risks. It's quite slow. We don't have a great deal of options on the ball because the formation doesn't suit us. And you know, some players are getting picked that we don't agree with as well. I think Lada Bodier being a great example. Somebody who's played nearly every game this season. It feels like and just isn't good enough. And there's been other alternatives to be used that haven't been. So, you know, I, I do think there is an element of frustration now with the manager. I think a lot of it is being aimed at him. And, you know, I, I'm i not saying it's necessarily the right thing to do, but at the same time, I, I'm frustrated with him as well. I, I think he's making mistakes. I think he's not learning. And I think now there are severe doubts about whether he is the right man for the job. Now, I know that there's issues with the board, and whoever's in charge is going to get held back by them. Yeah. And the manager's immune for criticism either, does it? I mean, he has made a lot of mistakes. As I've said, defensively, we're getting worse. I mean, there's no way that he isn't to blame for that. I mean, so, look, it's it's a difficult one. It, it doesn't feel like a nice environment at the moment. Obviously, me and you didn't go to Luton. It did sound like that was a little bit different. Quite often away from home, you do get a better atmosphere. And, you know, maybe it's not as toxic and stuff like that. But, um. Yeah, I, I do understand people's frustrations. It's just that, you know, are we are they being aired in the right way? I think sometimes you're better off maybe voicing them at the end as opposed to doing the game. I mean, if you're doing it, doing you're not gonna, you know, 
You can imagine if you're low on confidence and you're not playing well. I, no, there's no element. There's no there's no time at all. I think booing during a game is right. I don't think it'll ever work in any sense. I don't think anyone who's ever been booed during a game has turned it around. So unless you're yeah. actively wanting, you know, your team to lose, uh, then the booing during the game is always going to be counterproductive. But if we if we assume that any and all boos were to happen at a full time and before that no boos at all, I guess the question then for the fan base is, is it okay to boo at full time? Because I mean, that is not going to affect that evening's performance, that day's performance, because it's done. And then if you're not going to ex- ex- express your frustrations as you as you rightly put it, Steve, when are you? Yeah, I think that's the that's the tricky thing, isn't it? I think. You know, it's just got to, I think it's got to be reasonable as well, isn't it? Like sometimes people are, you know, maybe a little bit too much on some players' backs or some other. Ma- but then again, you do feel as if the owners are getting off a little bit scot-free. You know, they're not really yeah. getting a great deal of abuse. But I suppose that the other problem is we have absent leadership, don't we? I mean, the owners are not here. They're leaving other people to carry the can. I mean, Julian Winter has gone into hiding, hasn't he? That's not great either. So arguably then the manager is the one that's having to front up. So I do have some sympathy. And I do think if it wasn't for that Birmingham game where we again we completely surrendered and obviously the, the substitutions were a big part of it, then the manager wouldn't be taken off as much abuse. It does feel like that was a little bit of a turning point. But yeah, you know, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, you know, I I get everybody's frustrations because I'm frustrated and I think you are as well. And you know, but booing doing a game, yeah. Nah. Let's not go there. Um I think it's better if people just walk out. To be honest, rather than you know just sticking the boot in because we have got you know the youngest squad in the league, which has been mentioned once. Or yeah, three, as I mentioned you know, that. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's, it, look, it's, booing is not going to help confidence, is it? I mean, it certainly wouldn't help me if I was playing, and I think I'm not playing well. I'm low in confidence, and people are giving me stick, and it's like it's not going to make me play any better. So, you know, um, and I'm sure it's like that for all the players as well. So. You know, just I think we do need to cut them a little bit of slack. You're allowed to, everyone's allowed their opinion. Just maybe don't air it as, you know, maybe as as vocally um, over the next few games. Because I just I just don't think it's going to help. Although as I say, I I understand everybody's frustrations in the same way you probably do. Swans fans will never agree. I don't think I don't think there's a time when Swans fans have agreed uh, on anything. So there's just is the newest thing to divide. The fan base, Steve. Um, yeah, the we'd be completely uh, off uh, out of order. Not to mention a couple of key points uh, worthy of discussion from the Luton game. First of all, making a substitution uh, ten fifteen seconds before half time—the right or the wrong thing to do? Um, well, probably the wrong, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's probably. It's a bit of a waste, and I mean, in general, it's it's not the end of the world, is it? I think we probably wouldn't be having this discussion if it wasn't for the fact of what happened the other week, would we? Where, oh. um, you know, where I'm going to put it, where Lata has gone off injured because we've made a couple of spaced out subs and we've gone down to ten, and it's contributed to our loss to Birmingham, isn't it? I mean, yeah. if that hadn't happened, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal what happened the other day, but you know, because it did, and then that sub was made, you're thinking, well, straight away we. Is this going to make us run into a problem at, you know, later in the game? I mean, did it impact Martin with his other subs? I, I don't know is the honest answer. It's hard to tell, isn't it? But, you know, I, I think with it being 10 to 15 seconds, maybe it, we should have just left it. But 
you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably not the end of the world, is it? But yeah, it's become a talking point because of what happened the other week, which was a big cock up. Yeah, um, it, it is. It, it exists as a talking point because of Birmingham, and it, it comes back to the old thing of uh, learning lessons and stuff. But there will be fans, and there have been fans who said that it was the right thing to do. Because what if we conceded? To which my counter argument is well, if you know you're down to 10 for 10 seconds and you can't keep the ball out your net for 10 seconds, then we've got deeper issues than any of us realised. Um, but the other talking point, Steve, is the red card for Russell Martin uh, following. Um, first of all, he got a yellow card. I think it was for berating the linesman and fourth official following Liam Collins borderline offside I think he was on um, from the still it looks very 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 close but when you watch the move in real time it just feels like he's as the ball leaves because you get it from the moment where it's at Perot's foot but it feels like as he's moving Cullen's direction is still bending towards our goal so I feel like that was in that action of him passing, because you'll never get the exact moment it leaves the foot and all that nonsense. We haven't got the technology for that. We're just still doing best guesses. I feel like his action of coming back towards the goal brings him on. It certainly looked that way in real time. Um, He gets a yellow for that and then ends up in a a bit of a scuffle with uh, one of the uh, Luton Town bench and um, sent off by the ref. Um, it's embarrassing, isn't it? It's it feels like part of a sideshow that we could really do without at this moment in time. Yeah, I mean it's hard to tell exactly what happened still, isn't it, really? Because um, you know, the the camera really only caught the end of it. But um I mean you could see from Martin's interview afterwards that he Yeah. basically, isn't he? I think that's what the the thing is, and it just just feels like he's feeling the pressure, which is, is understandable really, because obviously we're struggling and he's probably frustrated not just to know how we're, we're playing and the results are going but obviously the owners as well because of what happened in January so you know and, and probably some of the fans who have been you know on his back so yeah yeah it's you know you've got to I think Martin has to work on his poker face a little bit and just keep his head a bit more because he finds it very difficult doesn't he to he's very passionate and he's, he's he's heart on sleeve kind of guy which when things are going well I mean, that's the guy you want in your corner, isn't it? Because he's going to say it as it is and he's going to rally the troops and stuff like that. When the chips are down and you need a cool head. It's not him, is it? I think that's the that's the issue. And you wonder sometimes, is it is it becoming a little bit of a problem? I, I certainly don't think it's a good thing anyway. But, um, you know, he's, he's he's probably is feeling the pressure. I mean, he's still quite an experience, isn't he, in, in management terms? And... You know, but there's probably going to be a ban for that, and that's not ideal. And I mean, if it's a three-game ban, it's probably going to include the Cardiff game, isn't it? So, you know, but I mean, he might not still be in a job by then. Who, who honestly knows? Because if this carries on, then you know the pressure on his position is only going to increase. But um, yeah, it's it's not a, not a great look, was it? I just didn't like the whole. Um, I think. If he wasn't on a bucket, I'd probably cut him a little bit more slack because he's in that situation, heat of the moment. He's, according to his version of events, again, we have to take it because we haven't seen them ourselves. But 
Um, he stepped on the pitch, the uh, member of the Luton coaching staff, and he's told him to get off. And then they've ended up pushing and shoving each other or whatever. And it's caused that big brawl in the dugout. It's, it's it's something I've never really, you don't, you don't see very often, is it? And having the manager then, like the fact they were both sent off, you know, Russell Martin must have known he must have had that in the back of his head. He, he can't have simply forgotten. He'd been booked like 10 minutes earlier. So that's where I kind of lose that bit of sympathy where I'm thinking, if a player did that on the pitch, right? Say a player committed a cynical foul and he's on a booking. And then 10 minutes later, he commits another cynical foul. And you're thinking, are you an idiot? You know you're walking, yeah? I know it's not the same effect of a manager being sent off as a player. But, Joe, he was a player. <laughs> for 20 odd years so to see him show that immaturity I feel like um, and then getting frog marched off across the pitch um, you know sarcastic clapping and cheering with their way and who by all accounts sound like they were very much in defence and support of Russell Martin which is fair enough it felt like it felt like to me like a pitch invader being marched off cheering the fans as he was doing so it was just a bit weird I had not seen anything like that before. Um, and it wasn't something I was particularly like, you know, punching the air about myself thinking, yeah, that's what we want to see. Because um, as you say, he's he's very, very passionate man. And he's uh, probably could do with um, just trying to keep his head little in these situations, can he? Yeah, exactly. It's, um, you know, like I say, it's, it's, it's not a good thing, is it? And, you know, he he will suffer himself now, won't he? Because he he obviously won't be on um, the touchline. I wouldn't have thought for for some games. So, look, it's look, it's it's just another thing that's just not great, isn't it? But um, you know, we, we it just feels like a never-ending list at the moment, doesn't it? So, yeah, uh, a lesson to be learned for him, I think. Yeah, we'll probably get a nice uh, little fine for it as well, which uh, I'm sure will uh, please everyone. Um, so Luton was the first of three tricky games uh, coming up, which, uh, well, to be honest, there were five or six tricky games, but this trio of games of the three teams of the four occupying the playoff spots, um, Borough are probably the form team anywhere at the moment, aren't they? Uh, since Michael Carrick's taken over there, They've just pissed the league, really, haven't they? There's every chance they might catch the top two, um, or certainly one of the top two. And then the way they're playing at the moment and, and scoring goals are fun as well. It really doesn't uh, excite about the, the prospect of the weekend's game. It feels like the worst team we could probably play, doesn't it, at the moment? Um a team that have really been on form since Michael Carrick took the job, doing really well there. They've given uh, Red in a paste in the other day, five uh, 0 I think it was, wasn't it? Um, I think we should be a bit concerned about this. This this doesn't look like a good one. I mean, we're already going into every game pretty much thinking that we we can't keep a clean sheet. We're playing a free scoring team that are on form. Um, Super Akpom, I think, is the top scorer in the league, isn't he? And he's been on fire. Um, yeah. Um, it's a concerning fixture, I think, isn't it? I mean, the only positive I can offer right now is that it's Saturday, three o'clock, which we haven't had anywhere near enough of recently. So 
that's something to look forward to. But um, yeah, I'm fearing the worst. This doesn't look good at all. Um, tough fixture. If I was offered a draw right now, I would snap your hand off for it. Just like Swans to go and pull it out of the bag when you least expect it. And if any game I least expect it, it's certainly this one. But Steve, I made a habit recently of asking for some glimmer of hope, some positivity, because the podcasts have in general been a bit shit. They've been really downbeat, haven't they? And I, I apologise to those long-suffering listeners who have to put up with me whinging every week. But um, yeah, give us some positivity. Give us a glimmer of hope. And don't mention that it's just a Saturday because people aren't going to be able to uh, <laughs> hang off that. Um. Well, like you said, the Swans do like to spring the odd surprise, so there is that. Um, I don't really know what else to say, to be honest. You know, we defensively we're a shambles. We're playing against a free-scoring team. It's, you know, um, well, what what else can you realistically say? Um, the recall it doesn't look good for JB Patterson. Is is that a is that a good thing? Is that desperation? Can we can we at least paint that? Because my view on this, I'm not going to bring into it, but can we paint the Jamie Patterson thing as a good news story? Something that we can look at and say, let's get him back and firing and let's see the old Joel Perot, Jamie Patterson partnership back up and running. Am he's I barely done anything for years, Literally, in a year, he's barely done anything. So, yeah. like, you'll have to forgive me for not feeling a, a huge amount of optimism at, um, at him coming back into the team. So... Yeah, I mean, shouldn't um, he should he after everything that's gone on? But this is the positivity section, so I'm trying to give us something. We've got anything? Um, look, it's uh, it's 90 minutes. Only 11 players can play for each team. <laughs> we we will see. Um, law of averages does suggest maybe we'll do a performance and a win. I can't say I think we're going to get them, but look, um, it is what it is. Um, it's a game closer to the end of the season. We both predicted the correct score for Rotherham, didn't we? I think we both said a draw. Yeah. Uh, so, Middlesbrough surprised me. 3-0 Middlesbrough. Well, that's we're still in the positivity section, Steve. Well, that is your positive, is it? Was negative was eight nil. Was it? Well, they, well, they, well, they scored five last week, so to, to concede three wouldn't be as bad as five. <laughs> Oh, God, how the mighty have fallen. Um, yeah, I can't see anything other than a way win for this one. But Sons have done the unthinkable and done the stupidest things you can imagine. And losing the games we've lost recently and then going to win this one, well, it would just be another line in the history book for the Swans, wouldn't it? So, um, But I'm not an idiot. And I'm going to go to, through to form and say that Middlesbrough are going to win this one 2-0. Um and that's a blessing, given the current form. So let's fingers crossed that um, we're both wrong and that the Swans actually do pull a rabbit out of the hat for this one. Well, I think it's time we should actually just wrap this up then. And hopefully the Swans can find the most unlikeliest of wins on Saturday. And next week's pod can be a whole happy section. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Until next time, for myself and Steve. Bye-bye.